Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yes, it is November, November 3rd. Yep, Election Day. I hope you got out and voted. I did. Anyway, uh, this is also week nine of the 2020 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy football player and very experienced and very knowledgeable fantasy football writer, Chris Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? That's a whole lot of varies, but well, I'll, hopefully we can live up to that this week. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's election night. Glad we're not talking politics. We're talking football, because that's for the next half hour, that's all we really care about, and we're going to let the other stuff take care of itself. <laughs> that's right. I totally agree. All right, let's get right to the news. There's lots to talk about, and the 49ers are in horrible shape. <laughs> what else is new in terms of injuries? Uh, let's start with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it's a new high ankle sprain. He's out uh, six-plus weeks. Uh, Nick Mullins is going to be the guy again, at least initially, C.J. Beathard. Uh, the fantasy impact here, but without even getting into the rest here, is Nick Mullins someone that you should even consider picking up, Chris? I would say if you thought Jimmy Garoppolo was worth picking up and carrying on your roster, Nick Mullins will probably be more of the same flavor. It's just I, I, I went back and looked at his stats in, in, in relief of Garoppolo a couple of years ago as a rookie and then earlier this year. They've been pretty similar. Um, He's had some good games against lesser competition. He's had some real stinkers against good competition or when they had the ability to run the ball a lot, which is questionable now with all their other injuries. So I think he's a matchup dependent, you know, low end play as a starter. If you need him for a bye week and if you're in a two quarterback league, I think he's probably a decent enough option um, based on the fact that, you know, even without weapons, the team is struggling right now, they're, and they're playing some good competition coming up with their division rivals. He may have to throw a little bit, so he probably wouldn't hurt you in many games, again, based on the matchup, but he, he probably isn't going to help you either. Basically, Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. Okay. Uh, before we get to the other positions here, I might as well just stick with the same team. George Kittle, oh, you know, he's got a small fracture in his in his foot there, an ankle uh, you know, he, he thinks he can be back in two where they put him on IR, which means he's gone for at least three. And now they're saying it's in an eight-week eight week injury, which will put him out through week 16, basically for the rest of the season. Um, who, who's, who's available there? It's Jordan Reed. It's uh, got a knee injury. He's still on IR, but he's eligible to come out, uh, come off that that list. And they're playing this Thursday night against the Packers. Uh, so they got the MASH unit there. 
he was uh, limited in practice today. They may activate him. And, of course, there's Ross Dwelly, who actually scored last week, uh, and when he starts, has been a, an okay option there. So uh, who are you picking up if you're Kittle and you have to choose between Reed and, and Dwelly here, uh, Chris? If I have to pick between one of those two only, I, you know, I, I kind of like Ross Dwelly a little bit more just because I have more confidence he's going to stay on the field. He's been a better red zone target. Jordan Reed is the more athletic to feel guy, more similar to George Kittle, although clearly not as good. Um, I think that's what they're going to lose with Kittle. You're not going to get a guy with that kind of high-end, 100 yards a game potential uh, with either of these guys. But uh, Reed could get you some bigger plays, and I think Dwelly is going to be a real staple uh, in the re- in the near red zone again, especially with the running backs being so banged up and they can't just pound it in. Um, I think it's scoring heavy leagues. I might go with Ross Dwelly especially. Okay, uh, let's get back to uh, the running back position here. And the, uh, the I tell you, the Forty ers are not the only ones that are having issues uh, at the running back position uh, in Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones is still uh, nursing a, uh, a, a slight calf strain, and the, the coaches want to be. Uh, uh, cautious with him. He sat out the last two games. Uh, no problem, right? You plug in Jamal Williams, right? Uh, oops, uh, E.J. Dillon got COVID, and now uh, Jamal Williams is out because he was deemed a high-risk of contact. Uh, he, he can't play uh, this week either. So you're left with Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams in the backfield if they don't start or use Aaron Jones Fantasy impact, Chris. Uh, is this? Is this? Are you really grabbing? If you would go for Irvin here, or you just? I mean, you remember Seattle had this kind of thing happen last week, and DJ Dallas came off the bench of rookie and ended up scoring twice. I mean, do do people actually should they consider picking up Tyler Irwin? Irvin? Ooh, you got to be desperate. I'd have to say. Um, what it probably means is that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball 50 times, a lot of them being little short dump-off passes in, in lieu of a running game, basically a long handoff. So I think you know, if, you got, if you have any part of the Green Bay passing game in a PPR league, I think you want to probably think about getting them in your lineup just because I think that's what they're going to do. You know, Maybe Alan Lazard has a snowball's chance of coming back this week. He'd make a real sneaky play to get in your lineup. Um, you know, obviously Devontae Adams is probably going to get 20 targets, <laughs> it looks like. But, uh, yeah, boy, I, what about I struggle Robert, What about Robert Tanyan? Yeah, yeah, I like Tanyan this week. I like, obviously, Adams any week. And, I, again, if, if, if Lazard plays, I think he's probably a valid start, at least as a number three. You got NBS over there too, and of course you got the backup tight end Jay Sternberger, who scored two weeks ago. Uh, Tanya in the surprise last week, five catches, seventy-nine yards. I know because I have him, and I started him, and I was very happy with that result. And it seems that he does pick up the slack when other uh, core players are out, like when Adams was out. You know, he had the big three touchdown game. So it's going to be obviously interesting to see what happens this week. Uh, I don't know if they're going to play Aaron Jones or not. I think it depends on how he looks in limited practice uh, tomorrow. He was limited practice today. Uh, you know, they're either going to play him or they're not. And if they're not, I I, I think that possibly uh, Aaron Rodgers might throw 60 times in this game. I don't know. But it just depends on if they, if they need to throw that much. But anyway, it's something very interesting to watch. Uh, moving on over to the wide receiver position, Kenny Galladay, hip injury. He's out. Um, uh, you know, uh, Marvin Jones, uh, back from the dead, scored twice last week. Uh, they got Marvin Hall over there. They got two Marvins. And then you got Danny Amendola. Uh, what's the fantasy impact there uh, for, for the Lions? They're playing the Vikings this week, Chris. Well, fortunately for them, they are playing the Vikings, and I'm fairly confident you or I could, could catch six or seven balls against that secondary because they're, they're really, really not good. 
So um, it's, it's a bummer for Galladay owners. They are looking forward to this tasty mouth-watering matchup. But, you know, Marvin Jones could be decent. I do like Marvin Hall. Again, Amendola is going to probably catch a lot of passes, so he'll be good. They've got good receiving options out of the backfield um, with, with DeAndre Swift. TJ Hawkinson is, is probably the biggest beneficiary of this. Uh, he showed that he caught a lot of balls against the defense last week that did not give up a lot mm-hmm. to the tight end generally. So I, I do like Hawkinson a lot to pick up the slack. You mentioned Marvin Jones. He's one of two players in the NFL who've had a, more than one four-touchdown game. One of, these, one of them was against the Vikings just a year and a half ago. So uh, the Vikings are well aware of Marvin Jones, which may open the door for Marvin Hall and Hawkinson. Interesting. Also, remember back in week one, Quintez Cephas actually played, started, yeah. and received 10 targets in that game. So he's also one to keep your eye on there. It's going to be interesting when the inactive list comes out for this game because Cephas has been inactive, inactive with uh, Galladay healthy, but now Galladay's out. So I would assume mm-hmm. that he's going to be active to see how they, they use him in that uh, situation. Today was the trade deadline, too. Uh, the Packers did all they could to not give the Texans what they wanted in terms of a first or second round pick. They thought maybe they could squeak in a third round pick to get Will Fuller. And I think the Texans smartly said no on that. So the Packers, <laughs> they and they need a receiver right now, don't they? So they didn't want to pony up uh, the capital. They had a capital to draft, uh, draft C.D. Lamb or somebody like that, uh, you know, back in April. And now they've kind of compounded that mistake, I think, in my opinion, by not going all in and, uh, and, and, and giving, uh, you know, a little bit of higher ground, uh, round draft pick to get Wolf Fuller. But there was, there was a receiver that was traded, <laughs> a very minor name, but uh, you and I know him because he was taking away looks and such from Preston Williams down in, in uh, Miami is Isaiah Ford was traded in the division from Miami to New England, who, of course, is without Edelman uh, for several weeks, if not the rest of the season. And Nikhil Harry is still out with a concussion. Um, Isaiah Ford, uh, you know, they got uh, um, uh, Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird are the two <laughs> veterans healthy there for New England. Do you think Isaiah Ford can make any kind of impact uh, in New England, Chris? Uh, well, well, again, little competition there for snaps, so maybe eventually can. Uh, this trade tells me two things. One, Miami was not very high on Isaiah Ford, um, even though he had some some flashes. And two, they don't they're not afraid of the Patriots either because they're willing to give them what they needed the most as another wide receiver. So that that tells me a lot right there uh, about what's going on. But from a fantasy perspective, this is a non-factor because. New England's still not going to have a passing game, and Miami is not going to miss him. Yep. Okay. Uh, we want to remind everyone we have a comprehensive list of injuries over at ffmastermind.com for premium subscribers who subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Let's go over a couple of key injuries here. Uh, Gardner Minshew coming off the bye. He's got the thumb injury that they revealed he's out. Uh, Jake Luton is going to be starting. Uh, good luck with Jake. Uh, uh, Andy, maybe he'll do better than Ben DiNucci, and I mentioned that because Andy Dalton uh, not only was come, trying to recover from concussion, but he got COVID-19, and he's been placed on the reserve list, and he's out for this week. And Ben DiNucci is not going to get another chance. They, they're looking at uh, Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush off the practice squad. Those guys are going to get uh, compete to start. One of them is going to start against the Steelers. So if you got the Pittsburgh defense start on this week, the, if you took a look and see what the Eagles did to Ben DiNucci last week, then uh, the Steelers have to be uh, pretty happy about that uh, upcoming matchup. And the running back situation, Chris Carson with a foot injury, they're going to wait to run him on Friday and then see how his foot reacts to that to see if he can actually play. 
And they were fairly happy with DJ Dallas uh, because uh, neither Carson nor Carlos Hyde uh, nor uh, Travis Homer played in the game. But he played in the game. The other two didn't. Uh, but he couldn't couldn't hardly go. Uh, one or two touches here or there. And DJ scored twice in that game. And uh, believe it or not, in one of my leagues, uh, a player, uh, an owner, had picked up DJ Thomas when he when Carson got that alligator roll about three or four weeks ago, sat on him. And then started them this week and got 20 points out of them. And I was like, wow, that's uh, he, he, he's got to go out, go out and buy a lottery ticket if he knows that what's what's coming there. Anyway, I wanted to ask you, Chris, what is the deal with the Jonathan Taylor? They said after the game they had an ankle injury, a little bit of an ankle injury. Did that affect him, or was he just uh, struggling as a rookie there this past weekend when when Jordan Wilkins took over? What's your take? Yeah, it's. Re- it's real interesting because I heard a lot of talk in the media about him, you know, hitting the rookie wall and that sort of thing. And I noticed right after the, in the post game, right on the field, Philip Rivers, when he was talking about the game said, yeah, and Jonathan got dinged a little bit. So we, we had the other guys step up and get in. I said, whoa, 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 he got hurt. That's the first I've heard of that. And then it came out that, yeah, he did actually get hurt. So I think it really was an ankle injury as they're saying, and not uh, a benching or, or a substandard performance or struggling. So I, I would, I definitely would not, give up on him uh, just like you know we t- we've seen ronald jones have two games where fournette took over right after he fumbled he fumbled he got benched and then fournette took over but jones went right back and was the, the main guy the next day i think taylor's going to do the same thing if he's healthy uh, assuming it doesn't linger he's going to be right back in as the main guy in that rbbc going forward okay so that means uh, you you taylor owners out there you should if you can jump on the bandwagon and jump and get in there and grab wilkins just in case taylor doesn't start yes but all you guys with uh with the fab uh money uh i would be careful in throwing too much money at wilkins because if taylor can play he's probably going to start and of course you got niam hines who flashed again with two scores and if you want to spend money on him, go ahead. But, you know, last time he did this uh, back in week one, he didn't hardly do anything for the following weeks after that. Uh, I know because I had him on one team. <laughs> so he's, he's lucky to get seven PPR points in any one week there uh, with with, uh, with Taylor and now with Wilkins flashing. So moving on over to Arizona, Kenyon Drake with that ankle. They thought he might be out and be week to week. He's actually classified as day-to-day, so we'll see if he practices later this week to see if he can play. Uh, Tevin Coleman again for the 49ers with a knee. He's out again this week. Oh my gosh! I mean, he comes back in, flashes one good play, and then boom, right on the sidelines again, out, out uh, again. Uh, Mark Ingram with the ankle uh, doesn't uh, look good. Uh, they, they think it's more of a high ankle sprain, so probably not going to play this week. We'll see. Devontae Freeman with the ankle, and the, the Giants they seem to be pretty happy with Gallman and Alfred Morris, who they took out of mothballs and played him on a little bit on Monday night, almost won that game. Uh, but uh, you know that's what the that's what the Giants are doing right now. They're playing just well enough for a Don, Daniel Jones mistake to blow it. Uh, but I give him credit for that touchdown at the end, and I think it was a flag. But that's a whole other matter there. Anyway, moving to the wide receiver position here, Michael Thomas uh, with the hamstring. Well, hopefully he'll pl- uh, play. He hasn't played since week one. Kind of like Christian McCaffrey. By the way, McCaffrey, I didn't even put on the list here, but they expect him to fully practice this week. They're going to activate him. He's going to play. So if you got Mike Davis and you don't own Christian McCaffrey, you're going to have to put Mike Davis on the bench because it's going to be the McCaffrey show this week. Uh, moving on over to Atlanta, Calvin Ridley with the foot. They said it was not serious. Uh, he's had 10 days. We'll see. Well, actually, he will have 10 days between games. We'll see if he practices this week and gets out on the field. Uh, Chris Godwin with the finger. 
Eh, I don't know about that, but they're probably not going to rush him because Antonio Brown's going to premiere uh, this this week in a Buccaneers outfit, and I think Chris Radio has something to say about that a little bit later. Um, back to the 49ers, Debo Samuel, another guy out this week with a hamstring injury. He's going to be playing a whole bunch of backups for the 49ers. They're too bad they're not playing the Jets or Giants. Anyway, Tim Patrick with a hamstring in Denver. We'll see if he practices this week. Same thing with Sammy Watkins and his hamstring. Jamison Crowder and the groin, they sat him last week. He was kind of close to playing, so we'll see. He got in a limited practice late last week. If he practices this week, maybe he'll be able to play. Rashard Perriman with a concussion could be cleared. We'll see. T.Y. Hilton with a groin. Tell me, uh, Chris, what's the story on, on Hilton uh, there in uh, in Indy? They've been very, very quiet on him, but uh, I, this almost kind of starting to sound a little bit to me like Adam Vinatieri last year who, who was terribly struggling and struggling and struggling and was he washed up? Was he hurt? And then it turns out he was hurt. And, you know, I know Hilton actually was hurt this time, but my guess is this could be a convenient excuse to just sit him for a while and let him get his head straight. Okay. Uh, moving on over to Tennessee real quick, Adam Humphreys with a concussion. We'll see if he plays. He got decked out, laid out. I mean, I think he was knocked out in that game. Uh, Jordan Atkins, uh, good news on the tight end, uh, the one tight end here, ankle concussion. He practiced on Monday, so it looks like he's going to return. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, uh, let's get right to the picks to click and flick for week nine. Uh, give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why, Chris. Uh, Drew Locke, his comeback on Sunday, his first touchdown since week one, his first game over 17 fantasy points since last year, never topped 250 in his 10-year career starts except once. So why do I like him? He's got the Falcons. Uh, they, they've allowed 323 yards a game, and last week was the first time they haven't given up 300 yards. I see a career game coming for Drew Locke. And then I love Josh Allen this week. I know he's underperformed for four weeks, posted 35 points per game in the first four weeks and about half that in the last four. Um, that was mostly game script and the opponent defense. Now he's got Seattle, which should give him a game script that should let him throw, as well as a defense that should let him throw. They've allowed 32 points per game and 366 yards per game to quarterbacks. Only once held somebody under 24 points, and they've allowed the most quarterback rushing yards and touchdowns so far. So it's a great option or opportunity for Allen. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Big Ben, uh, sweet matchup against the Cowboys. What needs to be said there? I think he throws a couple of touchdowns, at least in this game. Uh, this could get ugly for the Cowboys. Uh, and Justin Herbert, uh, boy, I tell you, the kid is uh, very, very impressive. I know that Tua is eventually going to be good. This kid's already good. His low point total this year is 21 points. 
coming off another solid 26-pointer against the, uh, a fairly decent uh, Broncos secondary, and this time he gets the Raiders, who are uh, not that bad, but uh, I don't think quite as good as the, as, uh, the Broncos. So uh, I think Herbert's going to probably put up a 30 spot here, so we'll start him with confidence. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, Teddy Bridgewater with that neck injury coming off the Atlanta game and a very tough matchup against the Chiefs. Uh, they're playing really good right now. Just totally shut down the Jets. Of course, the Jets are the Jets, but Bridgewater's probably going to struggle in this game. Uh, maybe good for a score, but you know that's, that's not going to put up a, enough of a, a points total that you're going to need for your fantasy team, so I'd sit him this week. And Phillip Rivers, not against the Ravens. I know he's thrown three touchdown passes the last couple of games, but I think they're going to try and uh, run uh, a lot on this on this uh, team and slow it the matchup down, and uh, that's not a good game script for uh, Phillip Rivers. So uh, how about you, Chris? What about a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, Drew Brees had a second straight week with a banged-up receiving crew and a fierce pass defense across the room. Tampa's also had Brees' number the last few years. He's averaged under 200 yards per game the last three times they've met with a high of 228, including his 160-yard opening week dud this year. Uh, He is a hold, obviously, for those Falcons games coming up, but he's a bench guy this week. And then I don't like Ryan Tannehill. For as good as the Bears' D has played, they're still only mediocre against the run, so I expect to see a huge dose of Derrick Henry this week. And they've been more susceptible inside the tackle. So, like, again, Henry's going to pound them. They're allowing the fewest quarterback fantasy points, 17 points per game, and they've held a lot of top guys to their season lows. Low-volume day for the Titans and Tannehill. Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, James Conner, obviously. It's not just as simple as, say, playing anyone against the Cowboys, but there's a component of that here. I mean, no one's allowed more volume or yards or yards per carry. They get gashed a lot, even against backup running backs. But Connor's been scoring nearly every week and has consistently averaged a pretty high volume, 17 points per game since week two. He should score fantasy points at will this weekend. And then I do like David Johnson this week. Coming out of the bye, Houston gets the Jags defense that's been the fifth most generous to opposing running backs and allowed the fifth most running back receptions also. Uh, DJ's been quietly consistent, but, and he's increased his fantasy scoring and his touches for four straight weeks since Romeo Cornell took over. I think he has a high chance for, for high volume and high success this week. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, C.H., Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming off a uh, subpar game. Uh, it wasn't really needed much because they were pass, pass, pass. Well, this week he gets a soft pass, uh, Panthers run defense, and uh, so he's going to take much more advantage of his opportunities this week. I, and I think he does break off a run and score this week, even though the bell's there and he's going to get some touches. But obviously, they're sticking to the plan, mostly CEH. Uh, Zach Moss, uh, wow, what a revelation. Uh, two touchdowns last week, got the uh, the call uh, inside the 10-yard line, but not near the goal. And guess what? He ran it right on in there twice against the Patriots. So he's emerging as a scoring we- weapon, and I think he's going to be used in that fashion against the Seahawks because uh, I think the Bills realize that they don't want Josh Allen running all over the place. <laughs> he one big hit, injury, you know, and he's out and they're in trouble. So Zach Moss could, should get lots of use in this game, even if he doesn't start the game. They like him in the red zone. Um, and a couple of guys I'm not concerned, I'm not uh, crazy about, and one of them is Jonathan Taylor because that ankle injury. Uh, you know, they're, they're saying, well, has he hit the rookie wall against the, Ra- you know, the Ravens? Uh, I think he has in terms of it, he will against the Ravens. I don't know if they're going to start him or play him or if he's going to see much time, but it, the simple fact that they're going against Baltimore is not a good idea for me. Uh, so if you uh, 
if you have to start him, you start him and you hope. If you're really deep and you've got two other guys, uh, then I'd consider sitting him. Latavius Murray, I don't think he's going to get much uh, against the tough run uh, defense of the Bucks this week. Uh, it's going to be mostly Alvin Kamara catching passes and such and getting to the outside, so Murray's not a good play this week in my opinion. How about you, Chris? What, give me a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why. A couple of big names. Uh, Todd Gurley, he's been a touchdown-dependent fantasy scorer his whole career, especially this year. Six of eight games, under 63 rushing yards, only 13 catches all year. This week he faces a rush defense that simply has not allowed running backs to see the end zone very much, only allowing two scores in eight games. And with the looseness of the Broncos' pass defense, I look for fewer chances for Gurley to have fantasy impact this week. So he's a caution play. And then the ultimate caution play, Zeke Elliott. Um, this almost sounds blasphemous, and making him a caution play seems weird, but the decline in his fantasy performance since Dak and the linemen went down has been just, just precipitous. He's only got 14 total points the last two weeks and one catch a game, not hit pay dirt since week five. A date against the team who was number five in fantasy points doesn't look good. Just as a point of reference, I'm actually benching him for David Johnson and James Robinson in a non-PPR league this week. Well, I would do that too. And, uh, you know, I, I have Zeke as a caution play last week, so it's just becoming a trend here until they get somebody that's competent, uh, you know, under center to, to quarterback the team. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen anytime soon with uh, with Dalton having COVID. So uh, we wish Andy the best in his recovery. Uh, I'm not sure if he's experienced any uh, symptoms or not, but they need him because Dak's out for the year. How about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, you mentioned him earlier, Antonio Brown. Yeah, the Saints have allowed touchdown passes to wide receivers in bunches, including to some really woeful passing offenses. And, yes, the Bucks are going to try and get their new toy involved, just like Brady did with A.B. last year. But, uh, you know, I think you can put this one in the bank. He scores a touchdown this week. And if Godwin's out again, I think he might score two touchdowns. A little bit of interesting history. A.B. has played the Saints twice in his career, scored two touchdowns in each of those games has 22 catches for 280 yards and 31 targets in those two games. So he, he likes playing the Saints as well. Um, and I like Mike Williams this week. The Raiders have been crushed when they face pass-heavy offenses so far. The only ones they've limited are New England and Cleveland, and the Chargers definitely qualify as pass-heavy. They've also allowed seven wide receiver touchdowns in seven games, and all but one have been to secondary wide receiver targets, not to the number ones. So I can see the up-and-down Williams having another up game this week and getting in the end zone, even if Keenan Allen gets way more catches. My only concern here with Williams is that he had sucked in three home games and excelled in three road games, and this is a home game for, for the Chargers. Well, that's really taking it to, <laughs> to the extreme, the stats, but uh, but I agree with you there. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week, Stephon Diggs. I think he's a big game coming against the Seahawks there, especially with uh, John Brown. Still gimpy. Uh, they're going to want to throw the ball downfield, especially you know if this gets into a big shootout here. And Marvin Jones, uh, Marvin Hall, Marvin Jones, they, heck, they both could score, but, score, but you know, Marvin does have the big history against the Vikings. I think he's going to produce this game and at least score one. So if you got him, start him. A couple of guys I'm, I'm not uh, crazy about this week. A.J. Brown, Tennessee. Yeah, the Bear, Bears do normally limit the opposing t- team's wide, number one wide receiver. And, uh, you know, it, technically a name, that is A.J. Brown right now. But I think we're going to talk about another Tennessee. But, uh, anyway, uh, I'd be careful about uh, A.J. Brown. You're probably going to start him and just, you know, kind of cross your fingers and hope, kind of like what you did with Cooper Cup a couple weeks ago when they played the Bears. D.J. Moore, Carolina, I don't think he's going to get much against the Chiefs. I think a lot of that's going to go to Robbie Anderson, the Chiefs secretary. He's so good. Uh, they're going to they're gonna blanket more, so I'd be careful there. How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, Chris, and why? 
Well, I'll stay with your Tennessee theme. Let's talk about Corey Davis. A lot of people are getting excited about him. He got high targets the last few weeks. He's been great. Um, but he's never performed when facing good coverage, whether that's number one coverage or against teams with good secondaries. His only games of note are when he was a number two with Brown on the field against bad teams. He sucked for four years otherwise. Chicago, like you said, covers one number ones and number two, shuts everyone down. They've only allowed four guys over 60 yards. He's got low opportunity here. And then I don't like Henry Ruggs this week. I mean, the Chargers have been really good at limiting the long ball, allowing amongst the lowest yards per catch and only six wide receiver touchdowns in seven games. They've also limited big plays and only allowed mostly short touchdowns, which takes his speed out of the scoring equation. Not that Ruggs is a big PPR beast anyway, only one double-digit day so far. But uh, it should be noted that also this should be another high-volume Josh Jacobs day, so the chances in the passing game are probably going to be limited for Vegas. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Love me some Noah Fant this week. Hopefully you didn't drop him when he was dinged and struggling because he is back to being a top target in this offense. Facing the Falcons, who have allowed the most points to fantasy tight ends, it's a feast day coming. Um, They've allowed the most receptions and touchdowns to tight ends, too. He should be a PPR monster this week. And then I kind of like the Vikings tight ends this week. I know they shouldn't have to throw much, um, but they've been beaten up by tight ends the last two weeks. The Lions have. Hurst had a big day week seven. Colts tight end scored twice last week. Irv Smith, the most likely guy to have more catches. He had his best day as a rookie last year against the Lions. Kyle Rudolph has an amazing history versus Detroit. He scored five touchdowns his last five games against Detroit, nine in his last ten games against Detroit. This is a deep trend that hits twice a year. So he's a great wild card DFS play, especially in TD heavy system, or a nice prop bet for those that are into that sort of stuff. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's quite history. A couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Gronk, uh, what's not to like? He scored three weeks in a row, and the Saints struggle against the tight end, so plug and play. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, same thing. Uh, he becomes a, basically the primary target with Galladay out against the Vikings defense that uh, gives up a lot of a lot of uh, receptions and scores there. So I, I like Hawk again this week. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Dalton Schultz. I think the Steelers are going to limit him. I know that uh, Ben DiNucci kind of, you know, targeted him late in that game. He got six catches and all, but uh, it's going to be Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. So uh, I'd be careful about starting Dalton Schultz. And uh, I do also have uh, Irv Smith as my kind of avoid, and it's only because I don't, I just don't think he's going to be needed against the Lions. I think this is going to be a, a Thielen, Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook day gay for uh, for Minnesota. So I'd be careful there. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Uh, I think I've got Mark Andrews as a caution play. The Colts allowed a lot of catches to Hawkinson last week, and they still lead the NFL in the fantasy points to tight ends. Um, they also used that last week in lieu of a running game, which the Ravens can run, so they don't have to. Um, at feast or famine, Mark Andrews, very touchdown dependent. He's only top six PPR points on the games when he scores. He's been under 32 yards in the other four games. So this is one of those matchups where he doesn't look like he's going to do well. And then we mentioned him earlier, Jordan Reed. I mean, he's the off-injured vet is going to be a popular waiver pickup this week since he exploded when Kittle was hurt. But You've got a new quarterback in Mullen, like you said, against the Packers defense that has severely limited the tight end to only three catches and 40 yards per game on average and only one touchdown all season. So I'm just staying away from all the 49ers this week. Okay. Uh, how about your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them. Uh, I like Steven Gostowski. He was dropped in most leagues after his big early week, but I think he gets his crack against Chicago, who's still allowing four field goals a game field goal attempts, and I like Nick Folk. Um, the longtime Jet gets his first chance to, to play against them, and this could be a field goal fest for these two teams anyway. 
Then on defense, um, I do like uh, Washington. Uh, their, their sack masters are well-rested. They get a giant team that turns it over a lot on a shorter week and that are allowing 10 points per game to a fa- opposing fantasy defenses. And the Packers, you got to like an angry Packers team. They just lost to their, to their rival. They face this terribly depleted 49ers team that has played actually worse at home. This could get ugly. And here's his little bonus defense for you. If you want to get some off the waiver wire, go get the Texans. They still got J.J. Watt. They still got some, some pass rushers. And they're going to play a guy, a rookie, making his first start for a bad Jags team that probably most people don't know his name until Mike said it earlier in the show. Jake Luton. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's a great call. Uh, we do want to remind people, come to ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff there, including daily NFL quick bits, uh, Sky scanning reports, including those that cover the, the Colts from Chris Rito, uh, and, of course, our weekly in-season in fantasy newsletter with daily releases, the market, inside slant, a holler from the cheap seats, uh, daily updates to our injury report, uh, weekly rankings on Wednesday, updated on Saturday, uh, late week fantasy reaches, picks to click, expanded picks to click and flick. The mid-season special is only fourteen ninety-five. It's the price of a pizza. We want to also remind everyone that a premium newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum, where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Um, happy election night. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazrek. See you all next week when week 10, yes, double digits of the 2020 NFL season is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.